Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Father God, we thank you. We bless you for this morning. Uh, we get ready to go into our early bird word uh, <clears throat> service this morning. As always, when I get ready to come online, you know, I usually post in the area between uh, 8.55. This is just in the morning show. Between 8.55 and 9.05. Between that time, if I'm kind of running in between, you know, guys, don't worry about it. Don't critique me too bad. It's just that, you know, uh, this apostle runs a lot of shows. He's pushing the gospel in a lot of different directions and area. So I'm coming out of one early bird show, or one early bird word show, morning show, uh, in another area of the country. But I'm gonna actually uh, make sure that I'm gonna hit you guys between that old five hour of the of the follow of the next hour, or within ten minutes of that hour. So I want you guys to know that, you know, hey, we got the post late, we didn't get a chance to see it. You know, you can go back and listen to these pre-recorded services anytime. They're available to you any uh, anytime you want to listen to them. They're available to you uh, 24-7. Plus, you can go to the actually Spreaker broadcast or the Podbean, or you can go to the actually XM Radio or the uh, Heart Radio or any of the other shows that we have out there if you go to my website which is harvestnewlifechurch.com and you'll see all the information that's available to you that you can go back and listen to this pre-recorded service or send donations to the ministry and um, you know we do a great work here a lot of things we do um, uh, just out of the goodness of our heart because we're trying to get other ministries started and uh, get things going <clears throat> but that's going to be a little bit what we're going to be talking about this morning we're going to go over to the book of Jeremiah I'm not going to take too long in getting started here this morning I want to just go ahead right into the word and hear what the word of God is speaking I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Jeremiah chapter 3 and uh, we're going to kind of just go from there and hear what the word of God is speaking to us this morning Father God we thank you we bless you on this morning Lord as you rise us up to see a day but we've never seen it before it's a new birth and with the new birth, new opportunities come. Father God, we're taking advantage of the opportunity this morning in the position of our life that you have given us, Father God, to come closer to you in everything that we do. Father God, we bless this word. We actually look over it, cover it, guide it, direct it. Let it be just what you want it to be. Let it help somebody in their life as we go forth on this morning. Well, let's get right into the word and hear what the word of God is speaking to us this morning over here in the book of uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter 3 is really a word that's kind of to all of us and some of the things we uh, variation of things we deal with in our life and um, you know, I can't you know I was really convicted by it because you know uh, when we came to Christ and we think about the word of God you, you take your Bibles this morning um, and you go to the book of um, Romans and just make some quick reference checks here Romans says a whole lot how we are as being man and woman of God and how he really um, took care of us during the course of times and a lot of things we was going through. And yet and still, we find ourselves not being totally obedient to Christ in the way we should. You know, once we come to the altar and we begin to make the confession to Christ, uh, according to Romans 10 and 8, 
in that ninth particular uh, verse, and even if you're going down to the 10th, 11th, and 12th, it really talks about the process of the confession, how it's an individual thing to you to make sure your obligation to Christ has been fulfilled. The word of God says in Romans 10 and 8, but what saith thou, the word is near thee, it's in thy mouth, it's in our heart. The word in which uh, we preach, now it's got to be in your heart. You know, if it's not in your heart, then, you know, we're going to talk about in Jeremiah chapter 3, what he means by that. And Israel said one thing with their mouth, but it did another thing physically. And that's a lot of things between me, you, and everyone else who deals with these particular things. Not intentionally, but we do have a desire to be able to uh, walk with Christ in the way he wants us to walk with him. But sometimes things get in the way. But are they intentional? I mean, do, do we pre-med things and knowing that what we're going to do, yeah, and knowing it's not right by Christ, but we go ahead and do it anyway. We don't want to use grace, you know, as a stumbling block to the point that we want to use it as a license to sin. But it goes on the ninth verse of Romans 10, in that chapter 10 and verse 9, he says, he said, but if I uh, confess with that mouth that the Lord, now this is this all, this, this is all talking about your relationship with Christ, the Lord. And I shall believe in thy heart. He hit some main menus or some main um, faculties in your body, your heart, in your mouth. You know, without heart, that God is raising from the dead, that I shall be saved. Now, we look at that verse again. He said, that I confess. First, is something that comes out of your mouth. You know, the word of God talks about in Proverbs, a life and death. It's in the power of the tongue. But God gets you to confess and believe and that he wants you to say it with your mouth. He don't want to force himself on you. But then he said, once you say it with your mouth, then you're going to have to believe it. And this is one thing we're talking about the scriptures. You know, you can quote, you know, all day long. But if you never get the word off the Bible, off of this particular, this page is in your heart, it does you no good. You know, you just become just a person just speaking loud and ain't saying nothing. That's First uh, Corinthians chapter 13. You're just a sounding brass. You're just talking loud and ain't saying nothing. But the word of God says in the ninth verse, that I confess with the mouth of Jesus Christ. I should believe in our heart. The God is raising from the dead. The Bible said that you shall be saved. I mean, you've got to look at that. And they say, with the heart a man believeth in the 10th verse. And he talks about the process of the, of the oath, righteousness, the commandments. Now, we know the 10 commandments don't save you, but because you're saved, there's a guideline you have to go by. Righteousness with the mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. This is the only way you can come to salvation. That you got to confess with your mouth and believe and declare and decree. That, you know, he's the head of your life. You know, once we go into a marriage, uh, like we said in the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter 3, it's going to be the way the header of our particular teaching on this morning. I'm just speaking about the process of how once a man and a woman makes a commitment. You know, we might as well just be truth about it. You know, when we talked about these particular things, before a person actually came in with another individual, they were either dating, that's what they call it, dating, or they had an interest in another person. But when they came to that particular individual that they really wanted to be with, then they had to drop all other um, acquaintances or sometimes to keep things normal that changed phone numbers or made it plain to that particular individual that, you know, I'm no longer available. I'm now off the list, which God is telling the same thing about Israel. Now that you made your commitment to me, bring you up out of Egypt, that was a commitment I made to you when I sent my servant uh, Moses down to you. And um, my pastor servant <laughs> down to you to bring you up out of Egypt. Now, that was a marriage. That was a marriage between me and you that we made a vow to one another to serve with the ten plagues and all the things I commanded him to say unto Pharaoh. 
to release you out of that particular predicament. Now you become you know, you're owned by me, not per se uh, to be treated in such a way that you know it's uh, forceful, but you know willingly. You know that's why he gives us the model prayer, our Father who art in heaven, how that be thy name. You know that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know. Uh, the forgiveness of this day, the will be done, all these things in the process of the model prayer, which is a powerful prayer when you think about it. You can use the, the, that particular prayer, and you can take that just to minister on that all year long. And it's got so much, um, you know, interest in it. You know, you're just dealing with this process of um, <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 3 and saying that, you know, and going forward, you know, God is telling them, hey, look, you know, I, I made a plan with you guys. I mean, we made a, not a, not a pinky, not across your heart, but we made a blood covenant and that blood covenant, I'd done some things for you because I heard your choir many years and I sent someone out to bring you out. And that's the same thing in your personal life. When, once you come into relationship with an individual and you know that your heart is speaking to you to commit and go forth, that's some things you're going to have to drop if you really want the relationship to be right. If you don't have a heart for the individual and you have a flush desire for that individual, it's not going to work. It's I'm just telling you, if you're looking at the lips, the hips, the breasts and all this stuff and you look at that and before you know it, uh, that thing get, begins to widen up. It gets a little wider. It must have been a, a six pack of uh, one Coke. You got a six pack, but it's not to point to how he she looks. You know, it's what you made a commitment to be. Because when you first got involved with that individual, you know, you, you, you look, everything looked good from the physical, you know, it looked great, you know, but once it started developing and you started growing older and things started leaning and falling and dragging, come on somebody, I'm just trying to be real with you. You got to still look at the person from the inside. This is why you look at the word of God over in the book of Romans. And I'm just doing some comparison here to how uh, Israel played uh, Christ for the harlot. And sometimes in our relationship with Christ, we play Christ for the hearted. Are y'all understanding me this morning? I'm trying to get y'all to see it as plain as I can. There's some commitments that you made to Christ. And you asked Christ that you weren't going to do it anymore. But there's some things that's in. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You that's still cold, holding you as a stronghold that you hadn't totally committed over to Christ as you should have. And that thing that lies beyond the neath, as a message I peached to a while back, uh, Tell us about, about the chameleon spirit. When that particular spirit comes available, the color changes of whatever it may be, that now you blend in with it. But the Bible tells me if any man to be in Christ, you know, he's telling you, you got to be transformed, you got to be changed. Christ said, I beseech you, brother, and in Romans chapter 12, by the mercy <clears throat> of God, that you now present your body as a living and sacrificial offering, holy. Come on, somebody, inacceptable. Now, he said that of a reasonable source. At least give me an opportunity to know that when you come to me, I can make your life a lot more better than the life you used to live. Not that the commitment is made to me first. The Bible says, according to Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and all these things will be added unto you. You take the word of God and you put it in your notes and you go to Psalms 89 and 34. He talks about the words that he speak of his mouth is not reverted words and not rebuttaled words. The words go forth. They will not come void with the same thing with the book of Isaiah 55 and, and that particularly 11. You know, he talks about the, the word of God is a 40 word. It's got the power to accomplish. And he talks about even in the midst of you going through uh, uh, Psalms 23, he declares and decrees uh, Isaiah 54 and 17. He does not a weapon form. Once you make a commitment to Christ and, and, and you walk in, in the righteousness and the unrudeness of Christ, and there's some things he had that you can really look at the scripture and say you came to fruition, that, that one is no good thing I hold from those. And that's Psalm 84, 11. That's if I walk upright. You know, walking upright can be hard in our life. But the word of God talks about mercy and grace. He knew the things that was going on in me and your life before we came to him. He knew that we had a life problem with some situations before we actually came to him. You know, so I want to look over here in a minute. Give me, let's look, turn right over here back over to the book of uh, the book of um, Jeremiah. Look at some stuff here. As we look at this here. You want to look at something here, uh, you know, just really kind of, you know, uh, uh, telling through the scriptures, getting some really good revelation and understanding about this particular uh, lesson that we're teaching about this morning and, and how, um, you know, uh, adultery is uh, more than just, you know, um, you going out and um, being unfaithful. It, 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 it's, it's a lot more involved than being unfaithful. You allow a lot of other things to come into your life, you know, and then once you, you, um, you know, we all just say it, and once you lie about it, then it, it got to be covered up by another lie and then another lie and then another lie before you know it, that small crack becomes a, a gaping hole. And then you see that uh, the things that you have said wasn't taking full effect right away, but yet you're planting seed, you know, you know, whatever you, whatever you speak, it's got to come to fruition. It's out of your mouth, life and death. You know, think about that process. It doesn't take place right away. It's like a seed. Once you plant it, it's got a certain type of fruit it's going to bear. And it's just a matter of time before it comes back to haunt you. In the book of Jeremiah chapter three, as we kind of look at this, we are not going to get through this. we got the woman of God coming up at 945 and we're going to make sure we make a transition properly and just, uh, having her to come on, you know, it's 9.45, it starts, you might catch her right at 9.50, about five minutes into the show, but let's look at Jeremiah, while we still got time here, let's kind of just, you know, uh, not blaze, but just go through these particular scriptures, you know, verse at a time, and, and let's look at some different areas of uh, 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 translations and Bibles, and see how God really breaks this over to us, is now that we have made our commitment to Christ, remember we looked at Romans, you know, chapter 3, you know, a chapter 10, I'm sorry, in that particular um, 8, 9, and uh, eight, 8, 9, and 10th verse. The Word of God says in Jeremiah chapter 3 here, he say, um, I say, if a man puts away his wife, listen to why he says this, he said, it's the IF plays a big role in here. This is what we don't want to get to. If a man put away his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's, Listen to what it said. If she goes away from him and becomes another man's, hmm, she'll she return unto her again. Shall he return unto her again? Shall not the land 
be polluted or be guilty or guilty or greatly polluted, but thou hast played the hearted with my lover. Notice what he's saying, how he's speaking in contrast of how you have now uh, uh, with your mouth of Romans 10, 8, 9, and you came to the point that now God understands that you once done some things were wrong, but now he got your back. He's the lawyer for you right now. That he knows some things that you have done that wasn't quite right, but now he's your lawyer. He's your advocate. He's your perpetuation. He knows now that you made the uh, commitment to come to him and be all that he wanted you to be. Now what he's simply saying, I will erase, I will pardon those sins. And from the time you came to me, all those things you have done, I will throw them in the sea of forgiveness. But understand what I'm saying here. I want to read this again. I'm going to bring a different angle at it here in just a minute. The Bible says, they say if a man puts away his wife and she goes from him and he becomes another man's, she'll return unto her again. Shall not the land be greatly, greatly polluted? Remember, it's going to talk a little bit more about this only in the verses we go through. Greatly polluted. But thou hast played the harlot. Thou hast played the harlot with many lovers. Yet return again to me, saith the Lord. Now, the, we want to make sure we look at that real good because we're going to read it over in the Derby translation in a minute. But I want to get to the point that making you understand this. Once a commitment is made to Christ. And once you come with the area of a Romans 10, 8, 9, 11, and you made a total commitment to Christ, there are some things that are still lingering in you. Remember, I talk about that uh, message. If you go back to my actually studies and look over in my actually speaker broadcast, you see the one called the chameleon spirit. Once you make a commitment to Christ, the enemy is going to come at you even greater to get you to go back. That's his job, to get you fall back into the area in which God never really designed and wanted you to be. He wants you to come out and have the life and have it more abundantly. But because of the flush, Galatians, come on somebody. Galatians chapter 5 and 16. And the unspiritual walk causes us to continue to, be, to play the harlot back and forth. I still want to serve Christ, but I still want to diddle and dabble out here on some things that I feel that I like. Now, that's not just sin. He used the illustration of a husband and a wife as being a commitment. Once you make a commitment to Christ, there are some things you have to let go. Whether it be with lying, whether it be adultery, whether it be fornication, whether it be drinking, whether it be reverie. All these things he talks about in the book of Galatians. There are some things that you as being a woman of God or a man of God has to let go. Because now God said, I want to be the only one in your life. And I'm, if I'm going to be the only one in your life, I'm going to have to be the one that's going to transform you. I can't move you forward unless I give you the steps you need in life to become what I really want you to be. That's why the word of God talks about any man to be in Christ. Then you talk about the new creature. Once we work on the things that we once had in our past life, as it says in the book of Ephesians, you, uh, you go to the book of Ephesians and you kind of just kind of, you know, look at the Ephesians chapter two. Now we just, we're just kind of talking this morning and we get, this is our actually uh, early bird word service for those who are just coming on. I see a lot of people just kind of popped in on the line. It is a pretty interesting conversation. <clears throat> it's, it's pretty, it is a pretty interesting word. When you, th when you just look at the, the format of it, the, the, you know, we say the forte of the word, you know, when you look at the book of Ephesians with the runoff of what we looked at in the area of uh, Jeremiah chapter three, he makes it very clear 
that there are some things that was in our life that caused it wasn't right. And Ephesians makes that very clear that every one of us was in trespasses and sin. If you look at Ephesians 2, the Bible says sins where we in our past walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the spirit. Then now working the children of disobedience. Among whom you also, listen to what he says, in our conversations in past times, in lust, look, look what it lust does. It's a harlotry spirit. It enables you to get after things that God never wanted you to be with. And what it causes you to do is pull uh, more away from him. Lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires. That's it right there. Lust calls you to fall into unfaithful desires of the flesh and of the mind also. And what by nature you were children around, just as others. Now we look at the flesh of the mind, and then, uh, once you call in to conform with Christ. Uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Romans, not Romans, but uh, yeah, Romans 12 makes it very clear that, that now the calling is coming more of a full effect. Now God leads you on the field. You can't send a person out on the field or play or anything if they're ill-equipped. Because if they go out there ill-equipped, they're going to come back with what with, 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 irrelevant into what they were the ineffective in other words and what they pursued to go out to do did i make that clear if i put you in a position and you know nothing about that particular position and i put you out there in a field of people who have knowledge about that what is going on then you're gonna go out there and you're gonna get shuffled you're gonna get pushed around the commitment to christ gives you the wisdom the knowledge and the direction to fight against the wiles of the devil when you don't know and understand about what's going on in what we call a diverse society and a tedious world, the power and the wisdom and the direction of the paraclete, which is the Holy Ghost, he's the one who's going to lead you into all truth. The word declares and decrees, according to uh, Psalms 27, the shadows of the valley of death, I fear no evil. But he comes back in 27, well, 23 says the shadows in the valleys of death. Let me make that correction. But he comes back in 27 and talks about the salvation is a light. The light will guide you into all truth. It guides you in the truth away from Ephesians and what we used to be, Ephesians 2. And also when you look at the book of Galatians, you look at book Galatians uh, chapter 5 and that 16th verse, he goes on to talk about the way you should pursue him as a spiritual walk. That when you pursue him in a spiritual walk, the fulfilling of the lust of the flesh becomes undesirable. And he gives you really a forte about a lot of things. If you don't fulfill that walk, what can come into you? He said the lust of the flesh in the spirit. Then he goes on down. He talks about the laws of the process in Galatians 5 and 18. But if you're led of the spirit, you're not under the law. 
But it goes in the 19th verse. He's talking about the works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, uncivilness. You can read that. Emotions, wraths, seditions, all these things we have in us before we come to Christ. Notice what I'm saying. Because the word of God says in the book of Psalms 51, Paul, but well not Paul, David talks about how he was born and shaped in iniquity. And we all were. As a young child, we was under the guidance and the presence and the power of the, of the spirit. Because the word of God tells us, suffer the young children to come unto me, that we hadn't come to understand what true sin is. And we look at it now, sin is very relevant into the into the lives of five-year-olds and six-year-olds. We live in a different time now. The Bible says the world will go more wickeder and wiser. You got more prophetic young people than ever before, and you got more, even more wickeder young people than ever before. And this lies solely on the hands of the parents, how they was brought up and what they perceived. Anything you put in the computer, that's what it's going to duplicate. You know, whatever you put in is what's going to put out. You put whatever you put in that hard drive, which is that child, that's what's going to come out of them. Y'all you know, got to listen to what this man of God is telling you this morning. This apostle speaking some serious stuff to you guys. The word of God said, once you make your oath to me and having to run outside where you used to be, we talk about it in the book of uh, Galatians, the book of Ephesians, and we come back to the book of Jeremiah. He said, they say, if a man put away his wife, see, we once was all married, you know, to Christ. One, one, let, let, me, let me explain that to you. Let me explain it to you. As a child, we was already in the mercy and grace of Christ because we never knew what sin was. We only knew sin that we was taught sin. Once we came and our eyes was open to the world, we saw things that was pleasing to us. Sin begins to linger in. And with that sin linger in, it opens up new avenues and new ways of things that we can thought about and think about and do. A child doesn't know about different things until they actually come into conform with it. This is why when you were young, your mother, your father hid certain things from you, but not now. You know, with the exposure of television, the internet, and all these things out there, and the child's becoming heavily unguarded, especially when a person really wants greed, and that child's been raised by the internet, video games, and all these different things. Oh, we saw a lot after we was kids as we came out. We stayed out and played. We didn't actually be on the internet a lot and all those things. And we went outside and we saw things that was happening. It was really shameful for us when we saw it. Because we said, ooh, he cursed. Or, ooh, I'm telling. You know, we still have children, kids, people that do that. But now you got some saying, I don't care. I don't care. You, you didn't, didn't see that a whole lot back when I was coming up. But no, let me, let me get to this point. And I want to look at this thing right here, and I want to break it down to Jeremiah, because I want to read it over here in this particular Jeremiah 3, and we call it a Derby Translation. The Derby Translation says, They say if a man put away his wife, and she goes from him and becomes another man's, shall she return unto her, shall, shall he return to her again? Now, that makes a very strong statement there. You know, if I go out and you know, go out in the world and do everything I want to do, do I have the ability to forgive him for my sins? Yes, I do. But in the midst of me coming back, it's got to be total commitment. Because now the enemy is yet in there, and there's some things that got to be ridded out of me. And listen how he says this. Would not the land be utterly polluted? When I come back, if I come back, and I don't just take off and you know, just walk, leave here, live here in, in the hell. No. I got to come back with a soul commitment that I'm coming back to Christ polluted. Because once I was with Christ, I left and I picked up all the things in the world. Now, Galatians talks about all those things. And those are in us once we get out there. Once we get exposed to sin, 
it goes full blown. It goes viral in our life. Everything we see, want, and desire comes to fruition at just a touch of the word of our mouth. That's why the word of God said life and death is in the power of the tongue. The Bible said, would not the land be utterly what? Polluted. Come on, somebody. You got to understand what I'm saying here. You know, we got to really understand that in the midst of this conversation that God is having with uh, uh, Israel is very relevant to us today as an individual basis. How could you say you love the Lord and still do all these things, fornication, adulteries, means, incivilness, like he talks about in Ephesians? How can we do that? Well, if you go back to the book of Ephesians, he said the way you do that is now you come to Christ with that Romans 10, 8, 9, 11. The Bible said, even when you was dead in your, in your trespassing sins, he said the power of God's word is what comes in up. It quickened you together with Christ. And the Bible says, by grace you are saved. Well, how was I saved? Because now Christ wiped my slate clean. But hold on, somebody. Is it really wiped clean like it should be? Do I still have desires to go out and do things that I love? Has my mind been totally clear? No, it hasn't been. Is any man free from sin? Totally free. No. As long as, we, long as me and you are on this earth, we're going to fight the good fight of faith. But Christ gives us a head start in wiping out some of the things we had desires to do and want. That's a big start. And then as the process goes forward, guess what we do? We continue to put ourselves around men and women of God that'll help us move forward in the walk that we're in. Let me get back over the book of Jeremiah, and we got to get out of here this morning. It's a pleasure for you guys being with me this morning. And I really want to get this uh, this uh, this teaching pretty much to the point that when we go back in again, we'll know just where we started off at. Remember, it's going to be Jeremiah um, chapter two, chapter three, I'm sorry. And we're dealing with the process of how now you have now played Christ for the hearted. And it's not that Christ said you intentionally prayed for the hearted. It's just the cares of the world. Things in my life, your life seem to be more pleasable and more, more, more uh, they can't be more, uh, acquainted with us than what Christ was. Christ wasn't giving us quite the type of pleasure that we thought from the flush of desire that we wanted. So we went and did some extra things. And then we find out in our life that we could still club, drink, dance, and do all these things and serve Christ too. No, indeed. No, you can't. Jeremiah talks about that in Jeremiah 7. We're going to deal with that uh, the next time we get into this particular teaching once again. We're not going to go back into it again until um, Sunday morning in our early bird service. But I want to get this in right quick because I know the woman of God is getting ready to come on here real soon. They said, lift up thy eyes unto the hills. This is Jeremiah 3 in the second verse. Lift up thy eyes unto the, unto the high place. And see where thou has not been, how thou, where thou has not been lying with. Come on, somebody. Because if we really search ourselves, there's a whole lot of things we've done that wasn't quite right with Christ. In the way has thou set for them as Arabians in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the land with thou whoredom. Yes, we did. You might as well go and face it and, and shame the devil. Because now we got to be delivered. You got to admit that's what you're a sinner for you to come out of sin. If you can't admit that you're a sinner to come out of sin, then you're not going to come out of sin because those are hidden things that's in me and you that we got to expose. What the word of God says, you know, make a confession to one or another that you may be forgiven. The Bible says they have whoredom with the wickedness. It says over in the area in verse 2 in the Derby translation, lift up thy eyes unto the high and see where has thou has been lined with. We're not talking about in a physical way of uh, uh, 
you know, um, in a way, well, you know, you could kind of look at it. Was, you know, we're talking about the wealth intimacy, but it was intimacy, but in a different way. Intimacy because you was in love with the things you've done that wasn't quite pleasing with Christ. In the way has thou set for them as Arab or Arab in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the land with thy fornication and thy wickedness. Whole different way of teaching you got here, buddy boy. You can look at your commentaries if you want to. This is by the Holy Spirit. And I've read these commentaries and looked at what it talked about. And it really, in translation, not just dealing with the things that happened back then with Israel, but it's dealing with you now as a man or woman of God in the position you are in. And how God really desires for you to come out of the desert place and come to the place where he can help you to the point that he want to see you receive all that he has in store for you. We'll look at the Amplified. We're going to get out here, man and woman of God. The word of God declares over here in the Amplified version. We're going to check this out because we got, we got to go. I know, I know, I know we got to, we got to be moving, but we got to get out of here. Look what he says in the Amplified version in, in, um, in this particular area of verse 3. Uh, let me get back over here. I want to make sure we get this in the Amplified. This is Amplified. And I want to click back here again. I want to look at verse 3 again. Let's look at verse, let's go down here and look at verse um, verse 2. I want to make sure, what is that? Verse 2, yeah, let's look at this. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, verse 2. He said, lift up thy eyes and bear heights and see. Where have you not been adulterous and lie with? By the wayside you have sat waiting for lovers. Now, we're not talking about physical lovers, things you desire more than God. Eager for adultery. I'm ready to go drink. I'm ready to go smoke. I'm whatever behind closed doors. Y'all got an idea what I'm saying. It's not just the fact that he's talking about, you know, the, the intimate part. But in the intimacy of what you was dealing with. Anger, flatter, cursing, spicy language. Y'all know what I'm saying. Like an Arabian desert. Tribesmen. Who waits to plunder in the wilderness, and you have polluted the land with your vile harlotry and your wicked unfaithfulness and disobedience to God. Father God, we bless you. We thank you for this early bird word this morning, even as a woman of God comes forth. Uh, to come on, Father God, let it be a relevant word that comes from the kingdom of God as it always has and will be. And Father God, we thank you for the listeners on their early bird word service this morning. We ask you, Father God, to bless them every era of their life, whatever may be in their life that's not quite like you, Father God. We ask you to transform and change it, Father God, to the point that you really want them to be intimate and close with you in every era of their life. Lord, we ask you to forgive them for their sins as well as myself, all the things they may have committed or said or done that wasn't quite right with you. Lord, we ask you to touch them, hold them, keep them, and guide them as we go through what we call the tedious uh, valleys of the shadow of death. Even in this morning, Father God, look over them to your precious power and the mighty Holy Spirit that you're placed upon their life. Father God, I speak these things not to myself, but of the power of the Most High God in the omnipotent, omnipresent name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray, Lord, amen.
Pastor Patty Ellis with Harvest New Life Church International, Harvest New Life Studios. It is a beautiful day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us this morning in this beautiful day. And we want you all to, to get your pens and your pencils together and your paper. Let's see what the Lord is telling us today. We'll be back with you in just one moment. reflective place. So we want you all to, to be sure that you have your papers and pencils and get ready to go because there's some powerful, powerful scriptures that are coming forth today. So we want you all to be ready. Let's hear what God is, is going to tell us today. But if you want to just come to a place where, where we're quiet, let's get to a reflective place. We thank you, Lord, for this day that you've created, we thank you, Lord, for just coming with us, having that opportunity to, to be with us, to help us clear our minds, to help us forget about what yesterday brought us, even this morning. Lord, we, we hope you that, that you're always with us each and every day. Lord, clear our mind. Open up our spiritual ears, open up our spiritual eyes that we may see, we may hear the direction that you have for us in our lives. Help us, Lord, to be right here, right now with you. To hear for your, your direction in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And it's such a beautiful day. God is just working in the lives of his people every single day. But what we have sometimes is, is imaginative thoughts. Have you ever woken up in the morning and then have a thought in your mind that you know just isn't of God? 
And those thoughts are so real. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Those thoughts are so prevalent in, in, in our minds. And they seem, sometimes those thoughts get us, get us off kilter. But we, when we have those thoughts, do we just keep thinking about them? Do we keep them in our mind? Do we let them stay and grow? No, we have a heavenly father that helps us day in and day out. And we have to take those thoughts into captivity. That means we have to take those thoughts and hold them and take them away. But we have a Heavenly Father that helps us. We have scripture that helps us. Those thoughts can be so overwhelming. Those thoughts can can take control of your life. It doesn't seem like thoughts can do that. But imaginative thoughts can sometimes be so powerful because we've given them power. And I want to take you right now to scripture. And again, I want you to write these things down, these scriptures down because they're so powerful and they will help us in the times that we get those huge imaginative thoughts in our lives. And I want to I want to take you to before we get started. Let's let's go to to one thing that I was just thinking about. And I want to take you to what imaginative actually means. And so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. We've all had that that um those thoughts in our mind that you know that just aren't aren't real. And sometimes they, they appear to be very, very strong and very real. Let, let's look at this for just a moment. When we have those imaginative thoughts, the, the imagination that's in our, in our mind, this is not real. They feel real. It feels like they're overtaking. They're, they're big in your mind. But we know that these are, these are 
ideas, these are images that are not real. When we have that thought that comes in our mind, and this, this we can wake up with a thought, we can have a thought during the day when we're awake, but we have to realize that it's just an image. It's a creation that we have in our mind. It's, but what we know out there, it is not real. And I, and I want to say that and kind of focus on that. Because I know that when I've had imaginative thoughts before, they seem so real. And they can be imaginative thoughts of, of maybe your work or relationships, things that you just experience day in and day out. But when we have crossed over into the kingdom, when we have moved over into God's kingdom, we moved over into a powerful kingdom. We have a heavenly father that looks over us, that guides us onto our path. But when we've crossed over, we also know that there is an enemy out there. There's an enemy that wants to take us off course. There's an enemy that wants us to, to doubt what God's word is. And that's really the main objective. Let me take you to a scripture. We're going to go into 2 Corinthians. And we're going to go into the, the 10th chapter. I'm going to give you a moment to get there because it's so important that we, we look at the scripture and what it is telling us. Let's go at the, I'm going to take you just to the beginning, to the first verse. It says, now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent, I am bold toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with the confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Let's, let's look at this now. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Remember what I just told you, that there is an enemy out there, one that we can't see. And even though we're in our fleshly bodies, we do not war according to our fleshly bodies. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity 
to the obedience of Christ. Let's let's back up for just just a moment. Here we are we're, we're talking about those thoughts, those imaginative thoughts. And think about a time that you've had one of those thoughts. And it's just overpowering and that's all you can think about. You think about it and you think about it and it gets and the more it seems like the more you think about it the bigger it gets. We all have had some of those thoughts before that seems so real, almost so real that you could touch it. But what happens is this enemy, let's, let's say Satan, this enemy wants us to take, wants to take us off course. And what happens with those thoughts, it does just that. And then you start to, to doubt God's word, what God has told us in his word. And then the, that thought starts to grow. And what happens is you start to, to feel inferior. You start to feel inadequate. You start to feel, it's, it's kind of, it starts to work on your, on, on your strength in you. It, the enemy wants to to shake that that faith of yours. The enemy want, enemy wants to discourage you in those thoughts. Wants to make you feel less than who you are. The enemy doesn't fight fair. And with those imaginative thoughts in our lives, it gets us shaken. It gets us off the path that God has for us. Not only that, what starts to happen? You lose your your gusto for life. You lose your vitality for life. You start to get shaken. And the enemy starts to, yeah, that's that's how I want to work in her. That's how I want to work in him. I want to get him off course. And sometimes what happens with those imaginative thoughts is they grow so big that it even shakes you wanting to stay in the kingdom. And, and stay in that Christian life. Because what happens, it's kind of like when you when you plant that seed. And, and the apostle says this a lot, that whatever seed you plant and you water, that's what's going to grow. So are, are you continually planting and, and watering that seed of that imaginative thought or are we taking that thought into captivity remember we're not walking according to the flesh the weapons of warfare let me say that again the weapons of warfare are not carnal they're not think they're not what you can see and you can touch 
but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. God has given us those, those weapons to fight with. How do we fight? We fight with the word. How do we fight? We fight being connected to God. Connected through his word. We're going to go into some, some pretty strong scriptures today. We want to write these scriptures down. We want the, to get them into our memory because I'm going to tell you, those imaginative thoughts come at any time. And we have to be on guard. We can't just let those thoughts just grow in us. We have to get a hold of those thoughts. We have to, to grip them with a word. We have to talk to those thoughts that we have. I'm going to take you to another scripture. Let me, let me show you how the enemy just doesn't fight fear. We're going to go to 1 Peter 5. And in the word, this, this is what I, I love about the word too. We have warnings in the, the word. We have this living, breathing word that helps us. But it can't help us if we don't know it. That's part of, of those imaginative thoughts. Those imaginative thoughts lead us into to, to ignorance because all we can think about is, is that thought or thoughts. They start to, to just encompass all around us. It seems to be that when we have that thought, it, when it grows, that's all we can think about. And one thought leads to another thought leads to another thought. And before you know it, you're, you're overwhelmed. And if God, God gives us this powerful word, but if the enemy can keep you away from that word, keep you away from that power, that's what the enemy's going to do. Again, we, we have this spiritual warfare going on. And the enemy is so deceptive. The enemy is so cunning that if we don't have our spiritual eyes open and spiritual ears open, we miss it. And it's kind of like we, we gradually get into the mud and the mud just overtakes us. <laughs> and that's what, what those imaginative thoughts do. They lead us away. They divide us. They divide the kingdom. They keep us away. And then what happens with some time? That doubt comes. The doubt. Did God really say this? And the enemy starts to whisper things in your ear. But you have to be on guard. In the scripture, this is what I love about the scripture too, it lets us know what the enemy is doing. 
And I want to take you to the scripture in 1 Peter 5. Let's go, let's look to the to the sixth verse. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That's a powerful scripture right there. Let me let me repeat this to you. And think about the time that that you've had an imaginative thought, that you've had a thought that's just overtaking you. That seems so real. And what happens with those imaginative thoughts is kind of like a chain. It leads from one part to another part. It's all linked together. But let's look at this scripture again. Therefore, humble yourselves. We're coming before God under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. We are coming to God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. Not just some of your care. You're giving everything to God for he cares for you. That's so powerful that I just feel God's hand just opening up when we read that scripture. And I feel God just, just holding on to me. Casting all my care, casting all your care onto him, for he cares for you and he cares for me. Let's look at this eighth verse, and this is very important. Let's let's take a look. We're talking about those imaginative thoughts. Be sober, be vigilant. That means be on guard. Be aware. Because your adversary, the devil. We're talking about that enemy. Walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Let's stop right there for a moment. Now, God is telling us be aware. Be vigilant because there is an enemy out there that walks around like a roaring lion. What does a roaring lion do? Seeking whom he may devour. He's on the prowl. He's looking to see who he can get off course. Can he get you off course? Can he get me off course? And then the the scripture says, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings, here we go, are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. It's not just you. Sometimes it feels like just you because that's what those imaginative thoughts do. They grow and they get bigger. The more that you reflect on those thoughts, the bigger they get. Think about a thought that you've ever had, maybe some something that you, you've worried about in time. Think about that. 
it got to be so big and got to be so overwhelming that it became live and so full of action. And it starts to make you feel just, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can keep going. And it, and it feels like I, I'm losing what any kind of vitality I had in my life. That's what the enemy does. He wants to, to steal that from you. Because ultimately what happens is we start to believe that. We start to believe that the lie of the enemy. And it- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It starts to make me feel ineffective. Like I, I can't do what I've been called to do. And it makes me get away from what I'm called to do. And you know what? Ultimately, what the enemy does sends you into a deep depression. And it all started on those thoughts. It all started in those imaginative thoughts. Because it grew and grew and grew. And it started to overtake your life. The enemy doesn't fight fair. And what's the way to get to you? The way to get to you is through your mind. Is through your thoughts. Do you know that's a really powerful place? That's a very powerful place to be. Because when it gets to be so big in your mind and your thoughts start to to grow, then you start to push it onto other people. Do you realize that? Because of what is in your mind and those thoughts. We have so many scriptures that that guide us. We have some scriptures that, that warn us. We have some scriptures that are so powerful that help 
that help us each and every day. And one of the scriptures I go to so many times because of those imaginative thoughts that are in, in not just in, in me and in you, but it's everybody. Remember how I said it in that scripture that it's, it's your brotherhood. It's everybody has those. The enemy works in any way that an enemy can. But what happens when we go to war is we get trained of what the enemy is like. We get to know the enemy and the tactics of the enemy. And when we know that, then that ignorance starts to fade away. Because the enemy wants to work in, in ignorance, wants us to, to just be, wants to get wants us to get away from the word because then he knows what the power is. Wants us to stay away from that because if we're ignorant, then we don't have the power. But God has given us this living, breathing word that, that gives us, that imparts that power into us. Let's look at Romans 12, 12 and 1. We're going to talk about, okay, let's look at those, those imaginative thoughts that we're having. Maybe those are things that you have every single day. And they seem so real. They seem so strong. But what we have to remember is we, let's go to this scripture. And it says in this first verse, as I beseech you, therefore, brethren, God is calling out, out to us by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. We're sacrificial offers to, to God. We're giving our bodies, our whole body, our mind, every part of us, a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. And let's look at this part. And do not be conformed to this world. What does that mean by not being conformed to this world? We're not letting this world come into us. We've made a sacrifice to God. We've taken this vessel of ours you, we've taken this vessel of yours, this vessel of mine, and we've brought it forth to God to be filled with what God has intended for us. Not to be filled with what the enemy has intended for us. We're not conforming to this world. And that's what God is telling us. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's like you're taking your vessel, you've cleaned it all out. We're a hollow vessel for God. 
so God can fill us. And remember what I said not too long ago. That whatever you feed is going to grow. So you're feeding what God has put into you. How do you, how do you feed what God has put into you? Here you are, you're, you're an empty vessel. How do you feed what God puts into you. You want to feed, have you ever seen a, um, someone who's trying to grow some new grass? They put seed on it. They water it. And as it grows, they mow it. They take care of it. Well, that's what we do with our vessel. We feed it the word. We let God water and we let God let it grow. And as it grows, we continue to feed it and we continue to share it with others. And as it grows, it gets this vessel gets powerful. But it, because it's the God living within us. We have to take into captivity all of those imaginative thoughts that are coming against us. We have to stay in the word. Let me take you to another scripture. We're going to go to James and we're going to go to the first chapter of James. We have to see what what is God telling us? What is God continually showing us? God knows that there's enemy out there. And he gives us so many weapons in the word. So many weapons. And in that 22nd verse of, of James, it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Let me take you back to, to the person who's, who's growing, wanting to grow some new grass. You can have that, that desire of wanting to grow new grass, but nothing's going to happen Unless you take that seed, you sprinkle it out there on that earth, take some water, feed it to be able for it to grow and to cultivate it, to work with it. Make sure that you're continuing letting it grow. 
it's more than just a, a, a desire. You have to, with the what it's saying in the word is you actually have to do something. Um, we talk about faith takes movement in this ministry. That you have to do something on your part. You have to put one foot in front of the other. You have to take those imaginative thoughts into captivity. And you have to speak to them. So how do you speak to them? You speak to them with God's word. That we know that there is an enemy out there. We can't just, just listen, but we have to do. We have to move. We have to take some action. And the more that we do with, with the word of God, the more powerful it is. And that's what overtakes those imaginative thoughts. Let's, let's look at this again. We started in the, in the beginning because I want us to say, you know, that the enemy just really doesn't want you to move in the kingdom. Wants you to be paralyzed. Wants you to not do anything. But if you can be so worried and so anxious, then that will spread to, to others. And it can take others off of their path. But when we speak the word of God and we take those imaginative thoughts into, into captivity, there is so much power that God has given us in the living, breathing word of God. There's so much power. We don't want to, to ultimately, this is what happens with, with it, the enemy. If he can get you off course, there's, what happens is there's anger that goes with it. There's hostility that goes with it. There's doubt that goes with it. There's disappointment that goes with it. There's ignorance that goes with it. If you don't know. But there's also, what happens when you get off course, there's also such a, huge, deep, dark depression that goes with it. And maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe you're in a, in a place that's dark. You're wondering how you got there. But we serve an almighty father who takes care of his children he watches over us. He leads us every single day. He leads us in his word. This word is faithful. The Lord is faithful. I want to take you to one more scripture. We're going to go into Second Thessalonians 3. There's so much to, to cover in imaginative thoughts, and we're going to, to continue. He's, God is showing us so much more in his, in his word. 
there's so much things that are going on in this life right now. We're so busy. We're so um, distracted that we it's so easy to, to get off course. But when we purposely stay on course and we purposely stay on that path that God has chosen for us, we see that's where the power is. Soon as we step off course, that's when we start to get shaky. That's when we start to, I don't know what's going on. Then that's when we get shaken and we want to stay in the power. We want to stay where God is showing us. Let me take you to 2 Thessalonians 3. It says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. Let's look in this third look at look at this third verse but the lord is faithful can i say that again but the lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one and we have confidence in the lord concerning you both that you do and will do the things we command you now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. I'm going to take you right back to that third verse again because it, it takes repeating. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. The Lord is faithful. The Lord watches over us each and every day. And I say that over and over again because we have to hear that. When we have those imaginative thoughts, it's, it's hard to hear. It's hard to, to overcome that sometimes because it's so powerful and so strong. But we have an almighty father that is the strength, the power the overcomer. God is faithful. God watches over us. Stay in the word of God. We're going to continue in this word because we want to really inform you. We want to take any of that doubt, that discouragement from you, that those powerful thoughts may bring to you, but know that you don't have to keep them in your mind. Renew your mind. That's every single day that we have to say, Lord, come in with, come in me. Lord, wipe me clean. Take those thoughts from me, Lord, because I know they're not of you. God watches over his children. We're his child. You're his child. Let God help you. Get in the Word of God. We're going to continue to bring some powerful scriptures for, for you in these imaginative thoughts. Go back. Look at those scriptures. Know that there's, you know, there's an enemy out there. 
but there's no one more powerful than God. God is there for me. God is there for you. Stay on that path that God has chosen for you. That's that narrow path, that path that's golden just for you. Stay on that path. God will continue to push you through. God will lead you through. God will lead you through with the power. Stay connected. We thank you, Lord, for this word that you brought forth today. This powerful word. This word that only you can bring. We thank you, Lord. Help us to continue taking this word forward. Help us, Lord, to take away those imaginative thoughts. Help us to get those into captivity. Help us to reel them in and give them to you. Lord, help us to be better. Help us to be stronger in the world. Help us to stay connected. Because we know that that's the power. In Jesus' name we pray. Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.